Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome into a National Signing Day edition of the Husker 24-7 podcast. I'm Mike Schaefer, joined by Michael Brunts. As mentioned, it is National Signing Day. Nebraska has signed how many folks, Michael Brunts? What are we at? What's the what's the running count at this point? I'm uh I, I'm getting to my numbers here. So we uh as we sit here at 11:15, Nebraska has signed 19. Uh Commitment Barry Jackson still um, no nothing from him yet and yeah uh, we'll dive into Barry Jackson in a little bit and five uh, transfers um, yeah. currently in the class who will not sign but um, are are considered part of that class so yeah that's so where 20, we stand twenty four total yes nineteen plus five is that the math that we can do here. Yeah, that's a, that's the limit to my my abilities. I I highly doubt that. I bet you can get all the way up to thirty, maybe. But this class could maybe get to thirty. We'll see. Uh, so Nebraska with nineteen signatures right now. There's still some decisions uh, yet to have happened, including um, Vincent Carroll Jackson, a Syracuse commitment. Uh, Nebraska is involved with multiple transfer portal players, Elijah Judy, and. Cornelius, the uh, the right tackle for for Rhode Island, uh, Ajani, is that right? Ajani Cornelius. So you have Ben Scott, the the offensive lineman from Arizona State. So there's still there's still some decisions out there, and there's still some names. You know, Eric Fields. We're not sure if he's going to be making a decision during this during this signing period. Uh, there's there's still some things out there for Nebraska, but they have 24 right now in their class, 19 of which have signed, arguably none bigger than Malachi Coleman, who Nebraska just picked up on on Wednesday. He made a, an announcement Wednesday morning that he was going to be having a uh, another recruiting uh, announcement coming at 1045. And at that time, he committed to Nebraska for the second time. So Malachi doing everything in twos, two official visits to Nebraska, two commitments to Nebraska, but just one signature Brunts, what does it mean for Matt Rule and the staff to keep Malachi Coleman at home? Uh, it's a big win, um, and especially from a perception point of view. I mean, I I think everybody understands that he's got you know some of the elite tools in in this class, not just in Nebraska's class, but nationally as a, a guy who's six five that goes you know ten four in, in the hundred meters. You don't th- those guys don't just hop off the bus every day. Um, and, and this was one that was really important for Matt Rule to get. I mean, you know, Malachi Coleman had said, you know, that Mickey Joseph had been such a huge part of his recruitment. He opened his recruitment after 
Um, you know, Mickey Joseph was not going to be, um, you know, it was pretty obvious he wasn't going to be the the head coach. Um, and, you know, Matt Rule and his staff made Malachi Coleman a huge priority. Um, they, they beat out kind of the hard-charging Colorado Coach Prime uh, group and their Lamborghinis and their expensive luggage. And, you know, how does a, a Buffalo get in a Lamborghini? That doesn't uh, make sense. Th- through the door, I think. Through, through the, the door. door. Yeah. That's, that's what you got for me. All that's right. all I got. Um, so it was big. It was a it was a big win. Um, we'll see where he ends up playing, on, you know, which side of the ball, how early he can get on the field, a lot of other stuff. But in terms of kind of the guy that Nebraska had to have, I think Malachi Coleman was at the top for a class that what they have eight or nine now? Eight eight in state guys? Nine in state guys? Eight in this class? Eight in state guys. So, you know, it, it's a it's a banner year in Nebraska for for in state guys, and Malachi Coleman was one that they had to get. Are you at all surprised? So Malachi Coleman becomes the latest to to commit um, and and you know sign with this class. He was committed to to Scott Frost and and well, he was committed to Mickey Joseph uh, and that version of Nebraska's recruiting class back in October. Are you at all surprised, Brunson, at how many of those commitments Nebraska has kept together here in this 2023 crop? I mean, you run through this the 19 guys that have signed, more than half of them are were already committed to Nebraska prior to Matt Rule arriving. They've been able to play defense uh, just as well as they've sort of played offense. And as we know, having covered, you know, multiple transitions now, that's not always the case. No, it's hard to do. And and I think one one thing that kind of worked in their favor was because it was a little bit more of a regional type class that it's a little bit easier to you know be around those guys to you know make an impact earlier rather than let's say a, a kids in Florida or something like that and having to get down and, and build that relationship from a distance. So I think that helps them, but no, I I think you know, they, they picked the guys that they wanted to keep. I think they worked hard to, to build those relationships. And I think, and, and you can maybe speak to this too, but I, I've been impressed by how organized they've been. You know, they covered a lot of ground and they covered a lot of ground, not necessarily, I mean, they don't, don't have a full staff yet even. So I guess what's in, in your mind, I mean, what stands out about the way that this, you know, initial class has come together given you know, it's, it's, again, a transition class. They had three weeks to do it. And people need to remember that, you know, more than a few of these coaches were not in college football last year either. Yeah, I, I think the the remarkable thing is that they hit the ground kind of running. I mean, you go back to that first week, he has his introductory press conference on Monday. Uh, you know, all the pop and circumstance of that. And then the rest of the week is sort of him setting things up with his team, him trying to hire a couple coaches, and then getting out on the road on Friday, uh, going into high schools, going into, to, you know, commitments homes, or in the case of Malachi Coleman, uh, an uncommitted uh, Malachi Coleman. That was one of his first stops. I, I think one thing they've done really well is they figured out which kids they have to kind of play up the recruitment to, and Malachi might be one of those. And they did it right away. You know, it wasn't like, uh, uh, we'll get to them when we get to them. It's no, we, we got to make this kid a priority. We're going to make him priority. We're going to make him feel like he's a priority. And that's what they did. I mean, they got him 
they got him back on that Sunday. They had that in-state visit that went really well that I think kind of set a tone for a number of 24s and 25s and 26s. We can dive into that a little bit in the comments that Rule and Ed Foley and others have made already here on Wednesday morning. Uh, but the, the big thing is they just kept they kept showing that, you know, what they're saying is true. It's one thing if you just repeatedly say, we want to keep Nebraska kids at home. It's another when you show up in the schools, when you show up in home, when you repeatedly are about what you say you are, it stands out. And, you know, we're, we'll dive into this, I'm sure, in a little greater detail. One of the guys they couldn't get, Benny Nagoy, they pushed all the way to signing day with Iowa State, who had, you know, a pretty comfortable lead. They end up signing him. But they made that really tough. And, you know, Benny's a kid that in normal circumstances – this staff would have taken and would have had committed by shoot, I don't know, April of last spring. And so that's, that's the kind of thing that they don't want to see happen. But what they did with, with all, with three of the four major kids that are, are leaving the state, they got in home with Ben Bramer and they made their pitch. He still chose Iowa state, but at least the Bramer family knows that rule wanted them and all of that with Benny the same thing. He still chose Iowa State, but he knows the door is open. If they, if he happens to to get to Ames and decide this isn't where I want to be, I want to go back to Lincoln, that door is open. And then we haven't talked about this a lot, Brunts. They did the same thing with Zane Flores. They made sure they got into Gretna. They made sure they talked to, to Gretna's coach. They made sure they talked to Zane. And they basically said, hey, we get you're going to sign with Oklahoma State, but we're here. If, if whatever reason, if this doesn't result in you going from Stillwater to the NFL, if you need another stop along the way, we're right here in Lincoln. We're big fans. We'd love to have you. Best of luck to you. We'll catch you next time. I think that attitude is really big. I think that's the kind of thing that's going to be valuable in this transfer portal era where if you don't get the recruit on the front side of the, the recruitment, there's a good chance you could get them on the next one. Uh, or you might have a better chance in the next one if you leave that relationship strong. So, We'll see how that all plays out, but they they did a really nice job of being about what they said they were going to be, and that doesn't always happen. Yeah, I mean it's it is impressive the number of recruits in this class who have said that they felt like they felt like Nebraska made them a priority, and you know that that goes for the in-state kids. I know both of the the guys that from Omaha West Side that signed after or that committed after Matt Rule was here, both of them very much felt that way. Jalen Lloyd especially, you know, is you know gets an offer from Nebraska 45 minutes after Matt Rule's announced as the head coach. I mean, that, that's a strong signal to a very talented in-state athlete that you know, Nebraska takes him seriously as a football player. And I think that's – I think it's hard to do to kind of focus your attention in so many different areas when you're <laughs> – you know, probably having to learn where the heck schools are. Um, you've got Terrence Knight and trying to figure out what the hell is up with cinnamon rolls and chili. Um, <laughs> you know, th those kinds of things that, you know, you just have to figure out when you're in a place that you're not from. And they did a really good job, I think. And, and you know, Scott Frost and his staff, you know, recruited well in-state at the start of their um, time at Nebraska. But I feel like there's a little bit more of a – long game being played here by Matt Rule's staff beyond just we're going to get guys in these first couple classes. I, I think they're really kind of setting the table to 
be competitive for anybody that's worthy of an FBS offer in the state of Nebraska going forward. You know, we, we talked about this uh, a few different times, but one of the things that I've always felt like Nebraska needs to do is treat the state or at least treat Omaha like you would Miami or Atlanta or St. Louis. And you got to flood it with different coaches, you know, sending Barrett Rude to, to all the different schools for the first couple years was fine. And it helped you get uh, Nick Henrich and Chris Hickman and, and a handful of guys. But ultimately, every position coach at Nebraska needs to spend time in high schools in Nebraska. But they just have to. They have to be more visible than they were. I love what we saw early on. You have Terrence Knight and you have Ed Foley. You have Marcus Satterfield. You have Matt Rule. You have, uh, you know, I can't even think who else would have been there. But they – they're going through schools in the Metro. They're going through schools in Lincoln. Coaches went into Lincoln High, you know, for the first time in a long time. Uh, and that matters. Like, I, I think it really, really matters to the high school coaches. It matters to these kids. Uh, one of the things that when you hear Tristan Alvano and, and Jalen Lloyd talk, it's not necessarily sour grapes. One thing that maybe I don't do a good enough job when I when we write about these things or when we write about when kids are on campus these guys know when they're getting actual FaceTime that matters. They know when they're sort of being pushed off onto a recruiting staff member or onto somebody like that instead of getting a sit down with a position coach. Jalen Lloyd visited Nebraska in March of 2022. He didn't talk to a position coach when he was there. He didn't, he didn't really talk to you know anybody that's a full-time on-field staff coach. He talked to some recruiting staffers. Like they, they know what that means. They're not, you know, they're they're not like completely naive into this thing. And so, I mean, that's that's kind of what we're talking about. It's it's not that the previous staff weren't aware of who these guys were. There just wasn't the emphasis in terms of building that relationship uh, to the point where when a guy like Jalen Lloyd becomes an offer worthy player or when Tristan Alvano is the best kicker that you've got in the state and you've had an issue making field goals for years like these are pretty simple. Uh, and their relationships at Nebraska would have been better served building earlier under the former staff. But, you know, thankfully for the Huskers going forward, this staff was able to, to double back and, and do some good, strong work right away. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Looking at, looking at kind of everything else, let's get outside of the state here for a moment. Four signees from the state of Texas... You know, it's long been a conversation. Nebraska has to get back into Texas. You know, I think that's a little bit of a myth as to, to how much 
that ultimately matters. But four guys out of a state where Matt Rule has a ton of connections, four players that uh, are all really interesting in their own way. I mean, you've got Riley Van Poppel, uh, who I would regard as probably the top player in the class. He'd be the number one for my Super Six right now. Uh, Prince Will, um, Uman Mielen, really intriguing edge rusher. Dylan Rogers, a linebacker the last staff absolutely loved, could play inside, could play outside. This staff seems to have that same sort of belief in him. And then Bryce Turner, the Jalen Lloyd of Texas. So you've got these four guys. you got work that they put in into the state of Texas. What does that mean to you, Brunks? Yeah, I, mean, I think holding Van Poppel was a big kind of under-the-radar win for them. I think the fact that they were able to identify a guy like Bryce Turner in Texas just shows you know, how deep um, – they're willing to evaluate. And, and obviously he had the, the relationship with, with Nebraska track previously, but um, you know, I, I think that at least the fact that they're willing to take him as a football player speaks to, um, you know, kind of who they can find in the state. Um, I, you know, I, I'm curious with a little bit more of a, uh, you know, a full recruiting cycle, what, what that kind of, what that effort kind of looks like, but this is a staff that is really well liked in Texas. Um, I think he even saw, you know, the work that Brian Applewhite was doing in Texas Mm -hmm. bear some fruit there too. Um, So I I think there's an opportunity for Nebraska to go in. I don't think you need to pull six guys a class out of Texas, but um, there's enough talent there to go around. And I think if you evaluate well, you lean on your connections a little bit. I think that can be a good state again for Nebraska. I mean, to me, it makes a little bit more sense to go into Texas than say, you know, trying to go elbows out in Ohio or, you know, something like that where, you know, it doesn't seem like Nebraska's had much uh, much luck in the Big Ten era, even when they've had connections in that state. I mean, I think you're going to see more of an effort in Texas. I think Pennsylvania is going to be huge. Uh, and I think, you know, New Jersey, D.C., I, I think you're going to see those types of places um, be a little bit more important for the staff just based on connections and where they've been. One that we we haven't seen a lot of yet, but I'm told that Nebraska is going to get heavily involved. They're going to go back to the West Coast. People need to prepare themselves for this. Get your Calabrasca. The Calabrasca jokes are dead. You can just you can let it go. It's a new time. It's a new era. New coaches. But Tony White's going to be pretty big for them out there, and they've got some other coaches that can recruit out west too. And so, uh, you know, I think we're going to see a lot more in California. I think you're right about Texas. I don't know that we'll see as much in Georgia, uh, maybe as what we saw under Scott Frost. They really made Atlanta a focal point. I'll be curious about that one. But I think you're going to see a lot of Arizona, a lot of California, both North and South California. You might see some Pacific Northwest as well. Uh, And then a whole lot of the Midwest and the New Jersey, Pennsylvania, New York. Can we just call that a turnpike? I know that's not really a turnpike, but it just seems like it should be. It's not a pipeline; it's a turn turnpike now. Yeah, that, that I, don't, I don't hate it. We can get we can get somewhere with that. I think <laughs> the Nebraska Pike. Um, so I I think it'll, it'll be interesting to to kind of watch this as as we finish up here, brunch. We got some decisions left today. How you feeling about Vincent Carroll Jackson? Uh, good, good. I feel good. I, I think feels good. I, I think, the again, the way that Rule and his staff just kind of 
they like blitzkrieged Pennsylvania in it for a couple of days. And, you know, he's, he's a guy that's only played football for a year. I think he's got high upside. You have Tony white at Syracuse uh, where, where he's Tony white was at Syracuse. That's where Vincent Carroll Jackson is currently committed. So there's some familiarity at least there. Um, so I, I think there's, you know, a good shot for Nebraska. Um, you know, you, you mentioned the, the, the guy, the transfer portal decisions coming up, but you've also got, you know, as far as January 3rd with Cameron Lenhart announcing the decision at the Under Armour All-American game, Ethan Nation, uh, the defensive back that visited this past weekend is, is announcing there too. So this class can continue to grow and, you know, you, you still are going to have to pay attention into the new year uh, for that. So I think, you know, Nebraska is in a good spot. I'm very eager to kind of see how the math all works out on this um, and, and, you know, how they get under 85. But uh, there's still plenty of time for attrition there as well uh, to make that happen. Is there anything left for Wednesday that that you're really kind of curious about? Are we just into transfer portal territory? You got you have Vincent Carroll Jackson. And then it kind of feels like we're we're looking at guys like Elijah Judy, uh Cornelius, uh, the Rhode Island tackle, Ben Scott, the, the offensive lineman from from Arizona State. That's kind of feels like where where we're at is is keeping an eye on those guys potentially today. Yeah, well, I think now Nebraska can kind of it's you're almost like spot recruiting in the portal. You've got like a very specific list that you're in there looking for, which I'm sure everybody is. But um, there's still time left on that portal window for guys to enter. And, you know, I think Nebraska can be a little bit more strategic now. And again, you can bring guys in for visits that first weekend in January from the portal. So there's still work to do there. I mean, it, it just kind of looking at what they've gotten done so far, what positions do you think they prioritize most when, when you're looking ahead uh, to, to January and potentially adding more guys there? Well, it certainly feels like they've got to put an emphasis on adding on their offense. I mean, I just don't I, – I know we haven't talked about it, but uh, Joshua Fleeks is part of this transfer portal class. That's a former Matt Rule signee at Baylor uh, and a guy that Nebraska and Scott Frost went after hard in their transition class. And so we'll see what Josh Fleeks ultimately is. He didn't play much past year. Uh, you know, we'll see kind of how he can help. I look at it, they got to go find their Samari Toure, Trey Palmer replacement. I mean, I really, I feel like I say this every year, don't love what I'm seeing in the wide receiver room. And uh, they got to go out and, and add to it. Um, you know, get get Jeff Sims slash Casey Thompson slash maybe Malik Hornsby slash Logan Smothers slash Richard Torres slash Heinrich Harburg slash Jarrett Sinek. Good God, they got a lot of quarterbacks. Lots of slashes. Get, yeah, a lot of slashes. None of them Cordell Stewart either, I'll point out. Uh, they they got to get some wide receivers. And I'm very, very interested who becomes a, a priority there. Or do they just feel like, hey, let's get into the spring and then we'll see what we got with the roster and then we can figure it out in May. I mean, I would think you'd want to have somebody in place this spring. Yeah, I, I mean, I, there's going to be a lot of guys in the portal after spring ball, but you, I think you'd want to have a little bit more of a solid idea of what you're working with um, before you get to that point. I, you know, it would be nice, too, if Nebraska had a wide receivers coach. I think that would kind of clarify things a little bit more. Interesting. Apparently, everybody knows who it is. Um, I don't know. Game, so um, No one's I telling guess, me. 
Yeah. So, so I can't tell the people, sorry, people, but yeah, they, they've got to get that spot, right. Tight ends. Another one that I think you got to figure out some, some, uh, a little depth there. Somebody that's played a little bit. Um, so there, there's some work to do still. It's a good start to this class, but I think they've got a, they've got some, some spot recruiting to do. All right. Anything you want to finish up with here? Any, any grandiose thought to tie everything together? Uh, have you been studying emoticons lately? Yeah. Emojis. I need a better key. Like I need like a, like I I'm, I'm to the point where I'm that age where like, I gotta, I gotta get the, the font really large to see if I can even tell what the heck one of the emojis are. I was like, is that a, is that a sheep horn? What, what are we, we looking at? Do we need to go to 24 seven sports and ask for, uh, ask for like an emoji intern or an emoji translator? Cause I mean, this shouldn't come as a big surprise. Two guys in their 30s, BC in his 50s or 40s, whichever it is. Who knows? He's not on yeah. the pot. I can make fun of him. Uh, yeah, we're we're not the ones that can really translate this. We we might have to we might have to hire a college student. Just a just an emoji turn. That's what we yeah. need. An emoji turn. Yeah. I big here's a grandiose thought. I, I think for a transition class, I think they've done a really nice job. I, I think there's a lot to like. I think you have, you know, you've added some talent in some key spots. I think you've got some traitsy guys, uh, trait city, which I trait think city. Uh, what what Lincoln might be known as soon, but you've got guys that you can lead speed, you know, really good athletes that you could you can mold, and that's what Matt Rule wants. So it's got a little. This class has a little bit of everything for you, and uh, they're they're not done yet too. So I think you'll get some uh, some proven guys in here too out of the portal. All right. Well, we'll be back later this week with some more on Nebraska's overall class. Signing day. We'll see if there's any late additions throughout the afternoon here on Wednesday. Uh, so, you know, keep it locked into Husker 24-7. Be sure to check out Husker247.com. Plenty of coverage. Got stuff on Malachi Coleman, on all of Nebraska's new additions. And we'll have plenty of more because you know what happens next, Brunts? Contrary what, to popular belief, recruiting never stops. We'll be moving on to 2024. So we'll be having that conversation there was a notable quarterback decommitment over the weekend that we haven't even discussed on these podcast airwaves. Maybe we'll be doing that on Thursday. All of that and more can always be found at Husker247.com. We'll be back with more podcast content later this week. New CBS Sunday. You collect rewards, right? This is how I make my living. When something is lost, everyone's looking for something. He finds it. You strong swimmer? So-so. So-so. So-so's okay. Justin Hartley stars. How you survive, you make quick, smart decisions. If you never let panic take the wheel. Sounds cool. It is cool, actually. Very cool. Tracker. New Sunday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus.